Come get on the train. Welcome into the Sports Buffoons Podcast. If it ain't easy. Welcome on into the Sports Buffoons Podcast. This is Mike Settle. Rolling it solo once more this week. Uh, I think later in the week here, we're going to finally get together with the whole buffoon clan here with uh, Tanner and Jason joining with me. So uh, this is the week everyone looks forward to going into the NFL season. Uh, all of your fantasy drafts are going to be going on either sometime during the week this week or even this weekend coming up Friday or Saturday. Like I've told you guys, ours is on September 5th, so we're doing it on Saturday night. And uh, But what I want to discuss a little bit today is some guys for you guys to avoid and some of those guys that you are going to want to make sure you draft in your fantasy leagues, whether it's PPR or not, doesn't matter which one you're in. These are going to be players who are on the rise, going to be steals that you need to be taking in your fantasy draft. But first, I need to discuss some of the guys who I'm not a fan of, some of the guys who are being ranked entirely too high. <clears throat> Alan Robinson. <coughs> as well as my top five players that you must draft. So first, we're going to start off with the ones to avoid. Get it in your head. Beat it in there. Tell yourself over and over again, I don't care how far this guy falls for you. He's just a player you're not going to want to take, and you're going to be regretting it, smacking yourself over the head, going, why did I take that pick? Mike told me not to do it, but I did it anyways. So let's jump right into this one. This is not in a specific order, but first and foremost, let me kick it off with talking about Jonathan Taylor the running back for the Indianapolis Colts from Wisconsin. The guy had nearly three state 2,000-yard seasons with the Wisconsin Badgers. And, you know, you'd think to yourself, that's amazing. That's great. The guy was a top-10 Heisman contender three years in a row, going from freshman year, sophomore year, junior year. And they ended up taking him kind of a, it was a good pick, let's be honest. The, the Colts got away with a good one here in the second round of the NFL draft. Now, my biggest problem with Jonathan Taylor is not as much about the player himself because he is he's got tremendous balance, good size, 5'10", 227 pounds is what he comes in at. But it's more about the ADP of where he's being taken in fantasy drafts right now. His ADP currently sits at a third-round, 10th pick overall. This puts him right around 34th overall pick player in your fantasy draft. And they, look, they still got Marlon Mack in the backfield with him as well. Marlon Mack had almost 250 carries and 1,100 yards last year on the ground. And Marlon Mack's one of those guys where I, I think that some people overlook him as far as the ability he has and he's only 24 years old still. I don't think the Colts are planning on just totally ditching Marlon Mack and tossing him to the side and having Jonathan Taylor carry the full workload. That's not what their intention is going to be. So my biggest issue is, like, look, we're walking into a split backfield situation where Jonathan Taylor is not going to be getting necessarily the bulk of the carries, as well as the fact that coming from Wisconsin, even though he put up those big numbers, well, so does every running back at Wisconsin. That's typical. Ron Dane did it. Uh, Monty Ball uh, Melvin Gordon, and we see how those guys turned out at least the first couple years where Melvin Gordon's first rookie year, he didn't even score a touchdown. I mean, and they were expecting Jonathan Taylor just to step right in and start blowing up and being worthy of a third-round pick in your fantasy league. I don't think that's going to happen, guys. My biggest deal is why are people basically writing off Marlon Mack given the fact he's entering a contract year? Most notably, former uh, New York Jets general manager Mike Tannenbaum called Mack's 2019's performance subpar and that he was in danger of losing his job to the rookie. But guess what? Mack rushed for nearly 1,100 yards, like I said, and eight touchdowns in 14 games. Uh, that's not subpar whatsoever, and Colts GM Chris Ballard, I think, has even had enough of it too, um, kind of coming out and giving a little pushback against what was said. The quote from Chris Ballard of the Colts was this. Let me say this. Watch the freaking tape. You can't tweet on things if you are not. 
and that's why I don't listen to any of that crap. Now, somebody that watches games and watches the tape, he's got a voice. But how can you say that? Marlon Mack was freaking unbelievable. Did he not watch the freaking Sunday night game against Kansas City? I almost cussed on the radio. Stupidity on Twitter is at an all-time high right now. Marlon Mack has 2,000-yard seasons, and Marlon Mack is a hell of a player. And then he has a broken hand and misses some games and comes back and plays with a broken hand. Off-season, my ass. Obviously, Chris Ballard's not putting up with it, so he's already had, been sick of any kind of slander when it comes to his running back. And that right there, the backing of that alone shows me that Marlon Mack is still thought of in a very positive light in, in Indianapolis. So with all that said, just do not take, do not waste your third-round pick on Jonathan Taylor this year. Now let's move on to my next one. Yes, you probably heard me whisper this one a little bit ago. Allen Robinson, wide receiver for the Chicago Bears. Last season put up 98 catches, 1,147 yards, and seven touchdowns. Now his current ADP is at third round and eighth pick overall. That puts him at about 32 overall out of the entire fantasy draft. The problem is right now, first of all, he's missing practices with an ankle, with an ankle injury. Could miss week one. He's had, a, he's had an injury history already in his career. And this was his first 1,000-yard season since 2015 when he was with Jacksonville Jaguars in year two, putting up 14 uh, touchdown catches back then. And my biggest problem isn't so much to have to do with Allen Robinson as much as it is the quarterback situation over there and the play of Mitchell Trubisky and the fact that Robinson's just due to have a regression of a year. Robinson's a fine player when he's on the field, but he's not exactly the player you can trust week in, week out, especially on a team that lacks the ability to throw downfield. And we know that Mitchell Trubisky does not like to throw the ball downfield, or at least that's the way he's played. And he, somehow he's regressed as a, as a quarterback. I thought in year one he showed potential. Year two, he took a step back. I mean, last year was, was a joke. Come on. What are the Bears doing? They just don't have the talent right now for me to really want to take anyone on that team. The only one I'd even consider at this point would maybe be Tarek Cohen. With running back David Montgomery missing time with a groin injury, then Cohen should step in at least in the beginning of the season and put up some decent numbers. And at that point, maybe he's trade bait for you. Maybe at that point, uh, you can, you know, hopefully sell high within the first three weeks of the NFL season when Cohen's putting up 100 yards, 100 yards, 100 yards. And when David Montgomery comes back, you know, those are probably going to go down. And at that point, you can trade him away. But even then, as far as Bears, I don't want to touch any of them, and especially with an ADP of 308. Um, in the third round, I'm not touching... Allen Robinson whatsoever. If you fell to me in the fifth, sixth round, I would consider it. But at that point, uh, I, I would hope that your wide receiver situation is looking better than that, and he's not. you're not relying on Allen Robinson to be your WR2. Next up on my list of players to avoid is none other than Kareem Hunt, coming in with an ADP of fifth round, sixth pick. That comes out at about 54 overall player to be taken. And uh, Kareem Hunt's one of those guys where, obviously, we saw him his rookie year in Kansas City. He led, the, he led the league in rushing yards, put up huge numbers, and was just an immediate star stepping in from week one and fumbling his first ever snap and then going on and putting up over 240 total yards in the game against the New England Patriots. Now, Kareem Hunt's problem now is that he's in a situation with a running back beside him who might actually be better than Kareem Hunt, even back when Kareem Hunt was with Kansas City. Uh, Nick Chubb playing next to him, I mean, it's one of those things where he averaged five yards per carry, nearly 1,500 rushing yards, and 300 attempts last year with eight touchdowns. So Kareem Hunt is, is just in a situation where he's not going to be getting the workload. The most carries he got last year when he came back in November was nine carries in one game. And he's only putting up 4.2 yards per carry. He scored two touchdowns. Okay, he caught 37 passes, so he was used a little bit more in the passing game as far as on a per-down basis than what Nick Chubb was. 
but the volume is not going to be there for Kareem Hunt. Not only that, but can you really trust him that he hasn't been doing something stupid in the offseason and some videotape comes out and who knows what's going on anymore? I mean, we already saw the guy was, was pulled over crying after the, the Chiefs were going to the Super Bowl, and he's, you know just still couldn't get his head on straight. He's obviously not quite mentally mature enough to be put in the NFL you know, standards, basically. And especially with a thing with playing next to a player as great as Nick Chubb is, I don't see how Kareem Hunt is worthy of being a fifth-round pick in fantasy drafts. I don't care if you're in PPR or not. Kareem Hunt is going to be a waste of a pick. The only way you could get value out of him is if Nick Chubb somehow is injured right away uh, or even in the first half of the season – and at that point, then Kareem Hunt will be thrust into a starting position. But in that, even in that case, the guy didn't do anything special last year. He was very forgettable. He had less than 200 yards total as far as rushing yards go. And so it was just it was not what we expected out of a guy who was a rookie of the year in just 2017. And fourth on my list for players to avoid, this one's going to be a little bit of a shocker to some of you. But the guy I got to say here, my fourth one here is Michael Gallup for the Dallas Cowboys wide receiver. Put up 1,100 yards last year with six touchdowns on 66 catches in year two of his career, coming off his rookie year, which had 500 yards. Now, those 500 yards he had his rookie year, I actually have a feeling those are going to come back around for year three for him. And that's nothing to say anything bad about him as a player. I actually like Michael Gallup a lot as a player. It's more about the position he's been put in and the competition he's been put in when there's only one ball to spread around. you got Amari Cooper over here. They just drafted CeeDee Lamb in the first round. And now Gallup, you even as good as you are, averaging almost 17 yards per catch last year, I just think you're in a competition battle where there's only you know one ball and there's only so many guys to feed. And Michael Gallup's ADP is coming in at first pick in the seventh round, putting him around 73 overall. And some might say, okay, it's just a seventh round pick. He'd be worth taking a flyer on in case there's an injury to Amari Cooper. But it's a matter a lot of the times, I think, about the, the potential of what I think we're looking at with CeeDee Lamb. C.D. Lamb out of Oklahoma, taken with the 17th pick by the Dallas Cowboys in the NFL draft. And, you know, some people might look at this and say, well, he's going to be a rookie. So there's always going to be a learning curve. But it's a matter of the talent that I think C.D. Lamb has. And also the reports that have come out of Cowboys practice and training camp are outstanding for C.D. Lamb. The guy's picking up on it immediately right away. He's 6'2", 200 pounds, lanky, got great, great ball skills, great hands. At Oklahoma last, or last year in 2019, Put up uh, 21.4 yards per catch and 14 touchdowns and just over 1,300 yards receiving. So, obviously, the guy has tremendous talent. And uh, and C.D. Lamb's going to get in the way of Michael Gallup being able to put up production. And let's not mention, C.D. Lamb, right now, his ADP is 8th round, 11th pick. So, he's just lower than Michael Gallup. And that's due to tenure and due to Gallup already proving himself last year as being a 1,000-yard receiver with Dak Prescott putting up 5,000 yards passing last year. Uh, but is that he's going to be able to do that consistently year in, year out? Is all three of these receivers going to be 1,000-yard receivers? It's possible, but at the same time, I think that we're looking at a thing where CeeDee Lamb is going to be taking a lot of snaps from Michael Gallup starting right away this year. So when you see Michael Gallup sitting there in the back of the sixth round, beginning of the seventh round, just wait. Look at your board. See who else you can take instead of that, of that spot. I mean, if you look around the ADP based around where uh, Michael Gallup's being taken, uh, obviously, there was an Evan Ingram if you need a tight end. A.J. Green might be there, which we all know is an injury history. Depending on the way you want to stack your team and who's who's available at that point, Marlon Max in that same area, obviously. And so I just think he's one of those guys that you can wait, take another running back if, there, if there's one there that you think has potential, and then possibly get C.D. Lamb instead 
in the back end, maybe somewhere in the ninth round is probably going to be better value for your team. And now for this one, I can stop being a hater. Let's do one more player to avoid. And you guys are going to be a little surprised by this one. This is actually a player that I was huge on going into last year. That I, I would say I was close to being right on. It didn't exactly pan out the way I wanted, but it still was a very productive year for this player in this system. Do not draft Mark Ingram this year at his current ADP. Uh, Mark Ingram's coming in fourth round, eighth pick overall, right around 44th overall player in, in your fantasy drafts. Last year, Mark Ingram had 202 rushing attempts for 1,000 yards, 5 yards per carry, and 10 touchdowns. But the Baltimore Ravens also just took J.K. Dobbins in the second round this year out of Ohio State. So obviously they have a plan to mix it in a little bit more, split more backfield reps. Obviously we already know Lamar Jackson gets a lot of the carries as it is. Now I'm assuming they're going to dial it back a little bit. I just can't imagine Lamar Jackson running as much as he did last year. But obviously the backfield situation is going to be a thing where I think if Dobbins can step in right away and make an impact, then they use that going forward and maybe even save Mark Ingram's body at the moment because he's got over 1500 yards or 1500 carries that is for his career so he's already 30 years old had a high mileage had a lot of carries back at Alabama when he won the Heisman Trophy and I think at this stage of his career they want to give him a break they want to make sure he stays fresh because he is a very productive player when he's on the field he's a very good player last year in 2019 Mark Ingram had 45.2 percent of snaps per game came out to 202 carries this year expect that to come down just a bit to about 40% of the snaps. Carries are going to come down to closer to about 150 to 170 attempts. So therefore, his numbers naturally are going to be lower. Not only that, but the last seven weeks of 2019 as it was anyway, I mean, he had 88 touches, 433 yards, and three touchdowns. That was in his last seven weeks of 2019. I'm sorry, but that's not going to win me a championship. That's not what I want. I don't want to have three touchdowns in your final seven games. I need more than that. That's that's not a guy I want to take in the fourth round and just hope I get lucky. And then in week 16, he'll put up enough number, you know, enough touchdowns for me to win the game. I'd much rather have more consistency. In this in this case, if you're even interested in Mark Ingram, just try to get a running back before Mark Ingram, someone who maybe second, third round, get your running back then, and then wait a while and possibly take J.K. Dobbins later on in the draft and get better value that way because. The number of attempts, I think we're going to be very, very similar between the two backs sharing that backfield. All right, being a hater is exhausting, so that means we need to move on to players that I definitely say you must own in your fantasy league. You have to at least get two or three of these guys that I'm about to mention. I don't care if you got to reach for them. Just go get them. These guys are going to be there. They are on Mike Settle's my guys list. This is my guys. These are my guys who are going to put up numbers worth of value. And, you know, if they suck... Sorry, but thanks for listening, dudes. First and foremost, believe the hype. Take Chris Godwin in your fantasy draft. If he's sitting there in the second round, God forbid third round, just take him. Just take Chris Godwin. The guy has the best hands in the NFL, as a matter of fact. He dropped the ball fewer times than any receiver in the NFL. He boasts an anemic 2.2% drop rate for his career, which is the best in the NFL dating back to 2015. Last year, it was year two for Chris Godwin, where he put up 1,333 receiving yards, nine touchdowns, had 86 catches to go along with it. And that's with working with a quarterback who we know is a little special, Mr. 30 for 30 himself, Jameis Winston. Now he has a quarterback who knows what he's doing with Tom Brady. And Tom Brady loves guys he can rely on. Whenever it's third down, Brady's going to go to the guy with the best hands on the team, Chris Godwin. He's going to be relying on the guys who are the most productive parts of his offense. Brady's very reliant on guys he trusts, guys who know the system. 
guys who know where to be on the field and their route recognition, all those things. So this is a guy who you must take in your league, and you're gonna it's gonna pay off for you. He's gonna be a WR one. Now I know you might be saying to yourself, but wait a minute, they have Mike Evans, Rob Gronkowski, and you know what is it? Is he really gonna be able to put up these numbers again? And uh, my answer to you is yes, he will. He absolutely will. Now Mike Evans is a great player. We all know that Gronkowski's back after taking a year off. And speaking of Gronkowski's back, let's hope he can stay healthy for the entire year for the sake of him and his career. But Chris Godwin is is a guy that's going to come in and basically pick up right where he left off. And he's going to be great at running the underneath routes, some of the similar things what Julian Edelman did to help Tom Brady in New England. I think you're going to see a lot of that. And not to mention, Godwin's just a better physical athlete than Julian Edelman. Godwin's 6'1", 209 pounds, and runs a 4'4". Um, he can stretch the field vertically. He can run underneath route, great hands. Godwin's a guy that you want to have on your fantasy team because it's going to be consistency week in, week out. You're not going to have games where he's up and down, up and down. You're going to see him consistently week in, week out. Brady will be trusting him. He'll be force-feeding him the ball. He's got the best hands on the team. Chris Godwin's your guy. You want him on your team as your WR. Honestly, if you can get him as a WR2, then do it. But at least you'll be happy if you get a running back in the first round and then at the back of the second round or beginning of the third round even, grab Chris Godwin if he's there, and he will get consistent numbers week to week from him, which is something very important in fantasy leagues. I hate it whenever the rest of my team blows up and then one player fails because they didn't want to show up this week where I know I can get a consistent 15 points or more from Chris Godwin week in, week out. Next up on my list, I want you guys to go and get Stephon Diggs now for the Buffalo Bills coming over from Minnesota. He's a guy who has been pretty consistent throughout his career as far as putting up year-to-year numbers. You know what to expect out of him, at least you did in Minnesota. Now he's coming into Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen at quarterback, who I think could be a better downfield passer than what Kirk Cousins could provide with Minnesota. Now the last two years, Diggs had over 1,000 yards both years. Now remember, in 2018, Stephon Diggs had 102 catches for 1,021 yards and nine touchdowns. Now I could see him doing something similar to that on the amount of receptions, but the yardage is going to skyrocket. The yardage is going to be closer to the 1,300 to 1,400-yard range for Stephon Diggs. And let's see if he can finally, for the first time in his career, get himself on the double-digit touchdown range. A lot of it's going to come down to the play of Josh Allen for Buffalo. But I rely on Diggs for sure to do his part, his job. Great route runner. He's sitting there paired with John Brown and Cole Beasley with Buffalo. Diggs by far comes in as the most polished of any of those receivers, especially vertically, intermediate, underneath Diggs has terrific hands and I don't really understand the the ups and ups and downs on the receptions he's had in his career it doesn't really make sense to me the way that Minnesota's used him at times he's disappeared at times he's gone weeks on end without hardly doing anything and then all of a sudden he'll have three weeks in a row where he's putting up 150 yards so I think that had more to do with the play of Minnesota Vikings more or less to do with the actual play of Stephon Diggs and him as a player um, but the last two years had a thousand yards both years six touchdowns last year on 63 catches, which sounds pretty low, but he still gave himself 1,100 yards receiving. So still had a very productive year with Minnesota. Now coming in, he's only 27 years old still, so still young. Number one receiver now in Buffalo, and I think he's going to step in right away and kind of make a, make himself a leader of that locker room, of being a receiver, and in that room there in itself as well. And he's going to help push Josh Allen to the next level, and uh, I think they're both going to be a good fit for each other. Diggs is a guy you want to take current ADP, is sixth round, fifth pick. That puts him right around 65th overall player for your fantasy drafts. If you can get him as your WR3 for your fantasy league, especially in PPR, I think you got yourself a steal. Uh, Diggs is going to be a player that you can rely on 
And it, it, I'm just hoping the consistency can get there, something he hasn't had a whole lot of before in the past. We need him to be week to week. Give me at least 80 yards every week. Give me a touchdown every every once in a while at least. <laughs> Let's not go through streaks like he went through last year where he went his final nine games only catching two touchdowns. I just don't think that's going to be the case for him in Buffalo, the quarterback that likes to chuck it downfield vertically, and that's going to be a great match for the both of them together. Grab Stephon Diggs, whatever you got to do, make it happen. Make him your WR3. You will be happy. You'll be thanking me. You'll be saying thank you, Mike, so much for making me a playoff team and maybe getting to the championship here in December. Next up on my list, go get yourself some Ronald Jones the second over in Tampa Bay. Yes, we're going back to Tampa Bay, back over there to Brady's new playground. And the big deal here with Ronald Jones is the fact that we saw a major increase in production last year from a guy whose rookie year had 23 carries and 44 yards at one touchdown. That's that's awful. I mean, come on. I, I think I know, I know some fat guys that could probably put up those numbers themselves. Last year in 2019, he finally got involved in the passing game a little more. 31 catches, 309 yards receiving. This is the most important part for me, is that he's going to be involved as the, one of their main pass-catching running backs in that backfield. We can look at LaShawn McCoy, who, I mean, obviously Andy Reid benched him last year in Kansas City. LaShawn McCoy is currently sitting on the depth chart as their number one running back. Are you kidding me? That's not what's going to end up happening. That's not what's going to play out over the course of the year. There is no shot of LaShawn McCoy being the Buccaneers' number one running back throughout this season. If you can get your guy Ronald Jones here, last year had 724 yards rushing, six touchdowns along to go with those 31 catches I mentioned. And, you know, you, you can expect him to be used in a similar way to what I think James White was used as in, uh, in the New England. Now, you might look at the situations and think different things because James White literally played slot receiver half the time, and Ronald Jones is more of your typical running back kind of style. Great, a great agility, great burst. He's only 23 years old still, so very young. 5'11", 207 pounds. He's got a good, great blend of size and speed. He can hit you, hit you with a home run every once in a while. And I think that we just we, his rookie year just did not do him justice whatsoever. And I think that him being with a better quarterback now with Brady and the expectations of what is what is expected out of him. But the fact he got 172 attempts last year tells me that they had planned to use him more. I mean, they plan to get him more involved as their main running back in that in the game. And I just think that at this, this point with Ronald Jones' career, his trajectory is really on the rise right now and in a great situation. And the main thing to me is I think he's being taken at a perfect spot. Fifth round, eighth pick, put him around 56 overall uh, player for your fantasy draft. I would definitely take him closer to the top end of that fifth round if he's available in your leagues. Get him as if you get if you can get him as your RB two, then you're sitting pretty. I think you're going to be just fine because you're going to be getting plenty of workload there. I don't think that they're going to be using McCoy all that often, especially towards the end of games when we're trying to you know pay the. First of all, excuse me, the Buccaneers, <laughs> the New England Buccaneers are going to be a team where they're going to be putting up points throughout the season. And they have a really good defense as well. At the end of games, we all know how the Patriots ran it as well. Patriots would grind the clock out. They had their lead, run the ball, grind the clock at that point. So to start feeding, feeding your high hand, feed your best running back at that moment. And Ronald Jones is going to be the perfect guy. Even if McCoy starts off games, maybe he'll start the first series. Well, Ronald Jones will come in in the second half of those games finish them out he'll get you your your last you know second rushing touchdown to help you know get you over the board on that one I just think you're going to have a guy that's going to really make a big step up in year three for his career and he's my favorite running back for a sleeper right now and I know you might look at yourself and go 
fifth round, is that really a sleeper? Well, the, the fact that people wrote him off his rookie year after just having 44 yards and then last year having a much better year, 724, then you kind of look at him and you go, okay, I see potential with this guy. I think he's on the right path. And with this new system, with Tom Brady coming in, you're going to have a guy who's going to be in a position to be able to put up better numbers, ground him out at the end, break away with a 50-yard run at the very end of a game. Stuff like that will be happening with Ronald Jones. He's a great player. Watch some tape on him. You know, if you get a chance, if you're if you're curious to know more about this player, watch a little bit of what he did last year and some of the ways he maneuvered and was able to get out of tackles. He actually averaged a broken tackle once every seven and a half rushing attempts in 2019. I mean, that's good for the fourth best mark amongst qualified rushers in the league. His 23 total broken tackles ranked 11th among all players. And that's with 173 rushing attempts. That's it? I mean, now imagine when he gets 250 this year and has 1,200 yards rushing. So the guy's going to be great with the—I <laughs> did it again. Great with Tampa Bay, <laughs> and um, he's got to be a guy that you will be very happy with as your second running back, and maybe you even want him as your third. Maybe if you want to go running back heavy in your draft, if you get him as your third running back, you are set for the entire season. You're good to go. All right, I've got two left for you. Now, here's the deal. Tanner talked about Daniel Jones here in the previous podcast for a little bit as far as how he believes in Daniel Jones to become a potentially fantasy-relevant quarterback or at least someone you can pick up maybe off the waivers and plug in whenever you need him. He's going to be good value for you. So here's the deal. Here's the backside story of why he thinks that. I believe. Could be wrong. But don't give up on my boy, Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram, the tight end, who came in his rookie year, putting up big numbers, 722 yards and six touchdowns. And he had 115 targets that year, by the way. Um, now, the problem has always been now – He's got an injury history. It keeps coming back. He can't stay healthy. He cannot stay on the field. Um, but we look at his numbers side by side. You just go to yourself. The guy has so much potential. The guy runs a freaking 4'4". He's 6'3", 240 pounds. Such a great athlete. And that rookie year showed a lot. It showed tremendous ability. Something that I was really into him to begin with coming in with Eli Manning. And I think Daniel, well, Daniel Jones is a better quarterback right now than Eli Manning has been. So, I think he's in a great situation. He's just someone you don't want to give up on. He only started six games last year, had 44 catches, 467 yards, and three touchdowns. And that's with only playing in eight games. Now, equate that over the course of an entire season. Now we're looking at 88 catches and 1,000 yards and then six touchdowns. I will gladly take that as my tight end. Obviously, I'm not going to run out. I'm not If I'm not going to be ended up with Travis Kelsey or George Kittle, and I can just grab a guy like Evan Ingram. His current ADP is the seventh round, fourth pick, putting him around 75th overall player on your draft board. But we got guys on there like Rob Gronkowski ahead of him going in the sixth round, Darren Waller going in the top of the sixth round, Zach Ertz going in the fifth round, Mark Andrews going in the fourth round. That's a bit of a stretch. I know we put up numbers last year with Lamar Jackson, but I don't want to mess with those guys. I want the high upside. Evan Ingram gives you high upside. He's a 1,000-yard tight end, in my opinion, and it's, it's just been a matter of him staying healthy, staying on the field. If you want to believe in a tight end to come in this year, put up huge numbers, be productive, and you know maybe make Daniel Jones stand out and, and improve himself as well after coming off a pretty good rookie season, I think Evan Ingram is your guy. He's your guy to take later on in the draft if you want to wait on a tight end. He's in that same rage with Hayden Hurst of Atlanta, and Evan Ingram's potential is just way above all that. So definitely is a guy you want to have on your team, at least for the idea of potential. And if you're scared about the injuries, fine. 
still grab him in the seventh round when he falls over there. And then on the back end of that, get a tight end that you know has more potential as well. Maybe grab your old man, Jared Cook. Maybe get Noah Fant from Denver. Those are guys you can also go to pair with him. But you want the high upside ability of Evan Ingram to win you a championship. You want the guy that's going to go put out 1,000 yards receiving from the tight end position and basically be your WR, WR5 because he's going to put up numbers that are going to be equivalent to like a WR2. At least that's my expectations for the guy. I, I love the guy, and as long as he can stay on the field, he's someone that you want to have on your team without a doubt. And the last guy on my list of the top five guys you got to go get in your fantasy draft this year. We're going to dig way down here, way down here. It's actually a name that you should know that you might not really recognize all that well because he played for a, let's just say, less than mediocre team for his whole career so far. But he is 27 years old. Robbie Anderson is the guy you want on your team. Anderson's current ADP is sitting in the 14th round with the sixth pick, 162 overall player on your draft board. Why is this happening? He, he's now with the Carolina Panthers with Teddy Bridgewater in, a, in my opinion, a better quarterback situation as long as Teddy can stay healthy. But he's going to step in, and him and Curtis Samuel are going to be splitting a lot of the catches. Those are two really good fast receivers. And Robbie Anderson's a guy who the previous few years, he's been consistent year in, year out. Even with the New York Jets, we we're looking at a guy who had last year had 52 catches, 779 yards receiving, and five touchdowns. The year before, almost the identical numbers. The guy averages 15 yards per catch consistently. In year two of his career, 63 catches, 941 yards, and seven touchdowns. Now, why is this a guy we're not talking about more going to a new team, probably a better situation than what went on with the New York Jets, and we're just ignoring Robbie Anderson, just like he's just a bum or something. Like, I don't really get this. Robbie Anderson's a very good player that could stretch the field. Last year had a 92-yard uh, touchdown reception. And then the year before, I had a 76-yard touchdown reception. The year before that, I had a 69-yard touchdown reception. That's very nice. 52-yard touchdown reception is rookie year. The guy stretches the field. The guy can go vertical. The guy can take it the distance. 6'3", 200 pounds, great size, good hands, vertical threat. And you're going to be getting him in the 14th round? No, 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 no. Make sure you get this guy. If you have to go to the 12th round, 11th round even, just get Robbie Anderson. You're going to love it. It's, it's going to be your, what, you're going to be paying a, a price to get a WR5, maybe WR6 at that point in your draft, depending on how things are falling. And you're going to be getting great, great value out of this player, someone who's proven himself year in, year out, been consistent year in, year out, um, stayed fairly healthy. Uh, I know two years ago he did have an injury where he missed some games, but even that, if you take that into account, look at his numbers still, consistently putting up over 700 yards receiving, and that's with missing some games on a bad team. Put him with the Carolina Panthers, who I think is a better quarterback situation for him with Teddy, as long as he's healthy, like I said. Robbie Anderson should be on your list. He is my extra pick there, super sleeper for you, sitting back there in the 14th round. Grab him before that. You don't want anybody else to get him ahead of you and then be laughing at the steal that they just grabbed because it's absolutely ridiculous he's being overlooked. He's been overlooked consistently year in, year out in fantasy football, but he still puts up numbers. So come on, get your guy Robbie Anderson from the Carolina Panthers. You will be happy. He's a guy you want stash on your bench, ready for bye weeks. Whenever you have, you know, if you're sitting there and you got – um, one of your top receivers, Julio Jones, going to be on a bye week. Plug in Robbie Henderson. You're going to be happy. He's going to give you what you need to at least get by that week without having to worry about who you're going to be picking up on the waiver wire to pick up a receiver to fill in the spot. Anderson's going to be sitting there waiting to go. Woo! All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning into the Sports Buffoons. We have something real special coming up this week, as a matter of fact. Tanner and Jason, 
We're going to be rolling together as a group. Like I said, the group, the three of us, the buffoon group here, the buffoon clan are going to be finally together all at the same time. The solo stuff will still be going on as weeks go by, but we're going to be wanting to get together more often as a group. That way we can show off our, our true buffoonish uh, type of nature and have some better dialogue and some discussion back and forth. And I need to challenge these guys a little bit too and pick their brains about where they think certain players are going to be going in your drafts as well. So we have something special planned this week, and maybe I can get some information out of them so that way I can, you know, game plan a little bit for my own sake for my own draft coming up on Saturday to maybe uh, steal some of the players they're interested in. So uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We will see you on the next one. Pippin ain't easy.